I'll tell you how powerful it is that the Lord uh, wants to manifest himself this morning. The, the confirmations that have been, have been coming just in the last hour or so. I'm going to go ahead and have you be seated. Guys, um, if you wouldn't mind the musicians hang, the rest of you can, can come on down if you like. Um, Thank you, Jesus. I'll switch to the, the headset here in a few moments, perhaps. But let me, let me just set this. So our service order, in a sense, is going to be upside down today, or right side up, depending on how you're looking at it, right? <laughs> if the Holy Spirit's in charge, it's right side up, right? <laughs> so so gonna be, there's going to be a shift because today is our traditional day of of receiving communion. But unfortunately in the Protestant church particularly we have regulated in so many ways we've regulated communion to where it's almost just like a little little thing we tack on a service because Jesus said we ought to do it. But we don't fully appropriate the power and the strength of why Jesus asked us to do anything. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Jesus was asked us to do anything that would be trite? Man, I only got about four no's. Somebody needs to read their Bible more. Okay, so maybe I need to put my glasses on. Maybe that helped my hearing. Do you think Jesus would ask us to do anything or command us to do a thing that was trite? No. no. Everything Jesus does is intentional. Everything. The greatest engineer, the greatest architect, the greatest artist, the greatest, and you add the adjective, whatever it is, the occupation. That's Jesus. And he's the creator of the universe and he's the creator of us and he's so particular about how he wants us to be shaped. How many know when you said yes to Jesus, you gave up your right to your life? I hear people talking about my truth all the time. I want you to know it's not about your truth. It's about his truth. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, people, I mean, they're all over. It's, it's, it's the new buzz. It's my truth. Well, let me tell you, your truth probably is not going to set you free, but I know a truth that will set you free if you'll apply it. Amen. <laughs> and and so, so I want you to, I want you to get past my truth this morning. Can you do that? Can we shift ourselves from the cultural norm to submit ourselves to the kingdom culture? <laughs> and I mean, as we walk into this dynamic moment that we call communion, I, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to make everything real to you. Can you do that right now? Just say, Holy Spirit. Make it real. Come on, say it again. Holy Spirit, make it real. Because on the other side of his real for you is miracle. 
is healing, is deliverance, is transformation. Let me just pray. Father, thank you for this moment that we have. Thank you, John. I'm asking you, Lord, Lord, if you just do a fraction of what I'm believing in my spirit for you to do right now, this is amazing. I'm going to read to you a very familiar portion of Scripture. It's one that's read often during the time that we receive and partake in communion. The sacrament, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, all these different names. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That last song we were singing. I've seen you do it before. I've seen you move the mountain. You'll do it again. There's so much in this. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying... This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. I wonder if you've taken the time to just meditate upon this particular verse of scripture and allow it to just ruminate inside of you because that's what I'm believing the Lord wants us to do today. He desires for us to commentary around this verse because there's some powerful realities in there that we can easily pass over because of familiarity with the text. Some of us have been doing this and listening to this verse of Scripture since we were babies. Others of us, it may be brand new to us. It's, it's the whole thing's new. But what I want to share with you this morning is the power of the promise that is in the obedience of receiving communion faithfully. This verse, it's packed with some pretty powerful things. In the communion, we're we're proclaiming and we're declaring. In fact, we're even shouting, if you were. In communion, we're shouting the Lord's death until he comes. So there's a Maranatha cry in it. How many know the stage is being set for the return of Jesus in accelerated portions? I can't get away from it. 
I see all the surface narratives that are being exploited. And I say, but people, don't you know, there's something underneath all of this. There's something in the, in the heart of the plan of God in the midst of all of the mess that we're involved in in this earth. Oh, man. Jesus is coming. He is. I ask you again, would he ask us to do something that is trite? There's this proclamation, if you will. And in this, we know that the payment of sorts of the salvation, and that's, I even hate using that terminology because it's a little weak, but I will use it. But he comes, he's coming again because the salvation is yet to be complete. How many understand the moment you said yes to Jesus and you became born again, your spirit moved from death to life? Hallelujah. There was a, there was a proclamation, there was a positional shift that took place. Some of you this morning, maybe within the sound of my voice or those that are even watching by live stream, today is your day for positional shift. But those of us that have been walking with the Lord for a bit, we also realize not only were we saved on the day we said yes to Jesus, but there was a lot of things that were hanging on. <laughs> Can anybody be real with me about that right now? Huh? Can you? There, there were some things that were hanging. So we are also, as the Bible puts it, we are also being sanctified or we are being saved. Our mind, our will, and our motion are learning how to come into communion, if you will, into alignment with the Spirit of God, the Zoe life of God that is now within us. And so as our mind and our will and our emotion become submitted no longer to the flesh, but to the Spirit, we are being saved. But this also speaks to the fact that one day this mortal body will take on immortality. That this body, this flesh, this body of sin, as the Apostle Paul calls it, it's going to get exchanged for a new one. And I shall be saved. The proclamation of communion is both remembering, receiving, and prophetically looking to the fullness of what God has for us. The fullness. This is vital, I believe. I know that that might be foreign to some of you because some of us grow up in a particular church culture that it's like a one and done. You know, you come up and you say, yes to Jesus, shake the preacher's hand, and that's all that really matters. Well, I want you to know your body's not your own. Your life's not your own. Your mind's not your own. None of those things are yours anymore. That may not set well with us, especially in our meistic culture. Usually the Bible says that confess our sins to him. He's faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we're saved. The Bible also says we're to work out what God's worked in. 
We're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's always there. So it's, it's a continuum at the same time of this reality. What I want you to understand this morning is the communion, the celebration that we're about to walk in is a celebration, if you will, of victory. It is us partaking in this victory that Christ has won for us. Do we understand the, the, the power of that, the incredible breadth of it? Because I want you to hear me this morning. As surely as I'm standing in front of you, God desires to do more miracle, more healing, more release of his grace upon us. Because he wants us to be a kingdom people. As I look at this word, I, I, I just, I see this, this celebration and the victory particularly is over the demonic realm. Now you may or may not believe this, but especially living in our society, but, but the Bible says that the God of this world who is called other things, Beelzebub, Satan, Lucifer, you know, he's got lots of names. That something particular happened to him on the cross. And at the same time, something particular happened to him, something particular happened for you. Just say this with me for me. For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son. Everybody say, for God so loved. Sometimes we present the gospel like God was so angry. <laughs> Instead of God so loved. This is an act of incredible love. More about that later, another day. Colossians 2 Verse 13 says, and you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against you, that was contrary to you. And he has taken it out of the way. Having nailed it to the cross. Catch this. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. I don't know if you really, I don't know if you really captured into that. I mean, to me, these words, this, is, this little verse of scripture in Colossians is, is running words. I mean, they're just, they're powerful, they're powerful words because I want you to hear it once again. Having forgiven all of your trespasses. Can somebody say thank you? <laughs> Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements against us. He took them out of the way. He nailed them to the cross. I want you to know that's why there's power in the cross. That's why we have to understand the cross, the blood that was on the cross. We need to, we need to get a full appreciation for everything that Jesus wrought for us on the cross. Because if we do, and we partake of this meal, 
as in true Hebraic culture, it's a do it again, Lord. It's a do it again. Now, y'all are really quiet on me, which is good. I've got a couple more things I want to share about this story before we go and actually partake communion together. I want to look back at the verse that I began with. And I want to just point out a couple of things. For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, he gave thanks. In the midst, in the midst of an absolute abandonment, of betrayal, of anguish, of the, of the start of the engine, you might say, of all the forces of hell coming against him, he's given thanks. He's given thanks. I, I got to say it again. He's giving thanks for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He knew where he was going, but he's given thanks. He's given thanks for many things, but one thing I know he's given thanks for, he's given thanks for you, that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, that the handwriting of the ordinances that were written against you now have been abolished. He's given thanks. <laughs> I don't know that you're fully getting it. You've heard me read out of the Message Bible before. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving but the message bible says thanks is the password to his presence can i say this a breakthrough is looking for a thankful people i want to say that one more time a breakthrough is looking for a thankful people I think right here, right now, is a moment for you to begin to give thanks. Come on, give thanks. I mean out of your heart, not just a hand clap offering. I appreciate that. But I want you to begin to give thanks out of your spirit right now that God has redeemed you. He has set you free. And he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on, release a thanksgiving right now. Let, it, let us hear the fruit of your lips giving thanks to God. Huh. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. Lift your hands in adoration. He is worthy of all the praise. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So do you want to attract a breakthrough? Do you want to be a magnet for a breakthrough this morning? No, I, I mean it seriously. Some people are in a very serious way right now. And I want to give you tools. You know, last week we talked about how to get unstuck. I'm sharing with you right now this morning that communion is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to get you unstuck. <laughs> are, are, you, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you want to be a magnet for a breakthrough? I ask you again. Then have a thankful heart. Cultivate a thankful spirit. Come on. Come on. I don't mean tomorrow. I mean right now. Let, let's stir up thankfulness in our heart, in our spirit. Oh, oh Father, we just 
fire. Oh, God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love towards us. Thank you, Father, for your constant watch care over our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, the enemy wants to hold on. I, I just wrote this note as I was, the enemy wants to hold on to your memory card. But God wants to put in a new card. He wants your memory to be grounded and to be founded in the work that he did on your behalf in Calvary and the activation of that work in your heart as you receive the body and the blood of the Lord. He wants that to be activated in us. The scripture goes on to say it. It says, whoever eats of the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body, the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. The Lord's body. Thank you, Father. Now, I want, you to, I want you to think on this a moment. What do we mean by that? What does it mean not to value, not to discern the Lord's body? I believe it's connected to a particular verse of Scripture, and I want to read it, another very familiar verse. But I want it to be made alive to us today. In Isaiah 53... It says, however, it was our sickness that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated, but he was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. And the punishment of our well-being was laid upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. To not value the body of the Lord is not to value this word of life. You know, Peter got a hold of that same verse, only but he changed the tense of it. <laughs> when the psalmist here in Isaiah, when he was writing it, he says they are healed. But the interesting thing is when Peter recants this same verse on the other side of the cross, on the other side of the 39 lashings that Jesus took on behalf of our healing, on the other side of that, he says we were healed. He puts it in the past tense. He's saying because of what has been done, it's been procured. Now we lay hold of it. Wow. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, there's a divine exchange that's going on, guys. I'm trading my sorrows 
I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I'm trading my sickness. Who wants to enter into that trade this morning? If you do, I want you to wave at me right now. If there's sickness in your body and you want to trade it in right now for his healing virtue, his healing power, ho, 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 come on. Father, Father, we're asking, we're asking, we're asking this morning. Woo! The rest of that song says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. You know, and I mean, I mean, it, it presses you into that place, that place of trading, that place, place of exchange. I woke up this morning into the intercessor's room. It just We just came back uh, today live, and, and we're going through the prayers, and one after another, uh, each of the ladies as they were ministering unto the Lord, they're starting to hit points of my sermon. I kid you not, just point after another. McCoy came in just a few minutes late. When she got the time to break, the first thing she says is, God, thank you for your exchange. Oh, I want you to know God's ready to do some trading this morning. I want you to know he's ready to exchange some things today. Are you ready? When we, when we partake of the elements, I'm putting my faith in the word of the living God that there's healing. <laughs> there's healing in the sacrament. Whew. Once again, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes. We are, we were healed. We have weapons of warfare. The blood of Jesus, the word of God, the name of Jesus and praise. These are our primary, these are our primary tools, our instruments, weapons of warfare. Before we receive, partake of this communion, I want us to enter into a moment of praise. We entered into a moment of thanksgiving. But I want to read this verse of scripture first. When David, when David had this psalm prepared in Psalm 68, man, the visual that comes from this is incredible, absolutely incredible. It says, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. If I be lifted up, he'll draw all men and he'll scatter all demons. I don't think you all got that. If I be lifted up, he'll draw all men, but I want you to know if God let God arise and all the enemies will scatter. 
If you don't think that's true, why does the Bible said that if the God of this world knew what was going to happen at the crucifixion, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory? He thought he was just killing his flesh, not realizing that his flesh and body was being an exchange for every one of us to come and be called by his name. Oh, ha! Woo! Look at this. Let God arise, his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him as smoke driven away. So drive them away as wax melts before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of the Lord. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. I want you to know right now, there's a weapon of warfare that is in our midst. It is the weapon of praise. And I ask you, I ask you to release Praise to God for just the next 90 seconds. Just have a praise break right here and release your praise to him. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just thank you today, Lord, for the release of your healing virtue upon this congregation. And, Lord, we're awaiting the testimonies, Lord, that's already began. Father, from the onset of this worship experience today, Father, that the power of your presence would be, so prevail in this place. Healing. Father, I, I just know what you impressed this morning. I know what you said. I simply desired above all else, God, just to walk out the obedience to your word and uh, to your heart for today. You laid on the intercessors this dimension of praying uh, for healing, for miracles. And God, in all of this, we know that we take steps of obedience towards you. And we thank you for that today. God, would you touch our hearts in obedience to you. And all the people said, amen.